Hello and welcome to another episode of Second Z's Cubed, brought to you by Alma Pictures and Baker Street Media. This podcast explores cultures from around the world and celebrates performing arts and inspires the next generation of creatives. Join us as we travel to our next destination. We hope you enjoy the show. So what I want to ask you is what are you thinking for the story of the week as far as at the time of recording this, what things stick out to you from what's happening in the entertainment? Oh, she will she will pause for more of our advertising and then she will return for our feature presentation. <laughs> I don't want no. to die over there. Anyway, just frog okay. caught my throat. Okay, so um, this is, I felt like it was an interesting piece of news. I, maybe someone will inform me otherwise, but it was, um, it like lifted my spirits. Um, but basically, there is a, new multi-million dollar film studio that has basically just started in Puerto Rico um and it seems like it's going to be this new avenue for exciting projects domestically and also internationally um they I think around five million dollars were invested in this project um, and I feel like it's kind of a unique hybrid um, concept, definitely trying to go for multiple streams of income rather than, you know, just concentrating on, you know, creating movies and TV shows. Mm. And I, yeah, I feel like there's a prime opportunity to um, showcase and lift up local talent and then also providing space for international projects to come utilize their uh, services. So it's called um, AAMS and it has like the latest technology, um, equipment, really great spaces and um, it's based in San Lorenzo and they have already created about 150 direct and indirect jobs. Um, and like I said, they just they just started, uh, I think, just. So just are they independent months. or who's doing this? Um, it seems like it was privately funded. Um, they got different funds from from different uh, uh, private sources um and oh they have like rental programs so it's um they're trying to develop local cinema in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and yeah they're doing it for television programming movies advertising campaigns professional photography they're even having spaces for uh content creators and influencers and that type of thing so they're just trying to provide a space for everyone i think they have a 20,000 square foot sound stage um and uh 15,000 square feet for sets and um just That's pretty good it's yeah it's pretty good i think they're going they're they're trying to be a, a premier medium sized facility in on the island <clears throat> 
And uh, I'm just, I really feel like it's so rare nowadays to get this type of scope um, within the industry where, you know, they do want to focus on local while also um, trying to uh, court international projects as well. I think they said that they want to do at least one local production, like the studio itself wants to put on a local production one time per year, like one film per year. Um, and that's not, of course, uh, that's not counting them uh, allowing other productions to use their studio space. Um, this mm. is just the studio. Yeah. Wow. That's actually a good idea because they, the the space is the most important thing to have. Yeah, yeah. Because then you can so rent it, it out like to whoever. Pretty, yeah, yeah. Feels like they have a pretty smart business plan, and you know, I really would love to see how uh, the local community takes advantage of that space and that service. I hope that eventually they don't get priced out, <clears throat> because we all know that Puerto Rico has turned into a hot spot for for expats trying to utilize, um, you know, cheap accommodations and stuff. Um, but overall, I would say I'm like cautiously excited and, you know, I'm really curious to see what this studio offers in the future. Wow. That's really interesting because now it's a uh, really going towards the independent market as we know. Right. Mm-hmm. And there will always be these big studios that try to do stuff, but now that we've had the breakthrough of of certain independent films making better stands than others, um, mm-hmm. now it's like this myth that independent film can't be successful is like starting to be broken down. Of course, there's still barriers, right, for people that are trying to yeah. do that. But I think the most interesting part for me is that people are not, um, they're not, they're not like they're not real they're not losing this this understanding that actually independent work is valuable people are starting to see that it's valuable mm-hmm. that it's important and of course you're going to have the you know the studios and the guilds and the established people that are trying to stay in power and keep an edge on the market but with the cost of everything going up people are looking for reasonably priced options and for things just to get their content out. And I think also when you have development of like all the technology that's coming out, eventually it's going to reach a peak, right? So it's really good that they have this kind of incentive for themselves to to create something that can be sustainable because even if the technology completely changes, they still have a space that people can use for for performance, for production, for whatever. And that's something really, really admirable. So I hope they have the best of luck on the project because yeah. it's gonna probably take them a little while to <clears throat> to to get their proof of concept going really well, but I think it's a very good press release, especially. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And I think you brought up some some great points about independent films you know um i'm really i I really want to see what the independent film industry brings about 
you know, because I think we've been talking for over a year now, the shortcomings and failings of the big studios that have kind of been in power all this time. And, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which we will keep talking happening. about it until it's, yeah. 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 So this is something is a, changing. Yeah, yeah. There's something in the air. Yeah. Something in the water. It's good because you need to have you need to have change in order to stay creative. So even though they don't like it, it's good for the industry because the industry will either continue to develop itself or it will crash. Yeah. Which exactly. I don't think it's it will just, crash. It just will develop. Yeah. This is true. If Johnny were here, he would he would give us a five minute wonderful a Johnnyism. speech. <laughs> yeah. That, that that's what it should be called, a Johnnyism. I hope he's uh, I hope we see him next time. Yeah, poor thing. Poor yeah. guy. So his yeah, like has been missed. Yeah, he's uh, not doing so well. Hopefully he will come through. That's what you get people for being in the stunt industry for a long time. Take care of yourselves. Yeah. Poor thing. He is... I biscuit. That's what he is right now. Yeah. Uh, if you guys can all give your prayers, positive energy, thoughts to Johnny... Yes, he won't like it that that we mention him, <laughs> but yes, send your positive vibes to Johnny. So. Yeah. yeah, so that's good. That's a really good, interesting, interesting news. And also, as we are recording this now, we also have, as I mentioned before, the finals of Pre-Dilizan are today. Today. Yay! And so please, please tell us about it. Yeah, I'll tell you about how the pre has been coming along because I've been watching this week and was on. And um it's been a very good competition and I wanna just to tell the the beat the listeners about it because you won't you can watch the replays because this won't come out until after it's over and the winner has been crowned. Um, but I wanted to share a little bit about the pre because the pre is it deserves press, it deserves um it deserves way every kind of props, every kind of press, every kind of respect. As Pretty Lazan yes. is premiere and it has some of the best and most talented dancers coming to the pre in the world. So um, of course, it happens every year in Lausanne, and the judges are um, world-renowned ballet dancers and retired dancers. And um, we had Dame Darcy Brussel as the head of the jury, and that was a, like she was the president of the jury with um, Federico Bonelli, the one and the only fantastic amazing amazing dancer that he is was the vice president of the jury and then you had other other well-known um bases as the jury members and then you have also um they were all people who were winners of pre on they were invited to become come back as jury members and um 
we also had the presence of some really, 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 really good coaches like Nicolas Larish, like Lacey Evans Pena, like so many, so many, so many really good ballet, um, contemporary and classical coaches that were there, um, giving their talent and people like Christopher Wielden actually donating choreography for the dancers to learn and premiere at the like and put out at the free. So like really amazing stuff. They also have the Young Choreographer Award, which is where they encourage young choreographers to send their to send and perform their work at the pre for judging. Um and they get selected and they get opportunities to have their work performed the next pre de Lausanne, which is actually super cool. And like they can also become well recognized for choreography even from a young age. So it's really, really interesting. And they, they attract talent from all over the world. They have um, regional auditions. So whoever wants to audition can go to the regional auditions that they have, and then they bring them all together, and then they have the selected finalists. And the case of the finalists from this time, we have the following people that were named finalists. And these people actually get scholarships and they will definitely get offers from ballet schools for sure because to be a finalist even if you don't win you still get to have offers from ballet schools and companies um for sure there is because to be a finalist at this competition is incredibly difficult because the playing field is extremely hard so of course ballet companies are happy to even have a finalist if not the winner of course the winner um, a lot of times goes on to become a principal dancer or soloist um, it, at very famous ballet companies. For example, if everybody knows the name Carlos Acosta, he is one of the best living dancers alive. And he was winner of Prix de Lausanne before. Um, so he's also a choreographer. He has his own dance company now. So it's like a really great opportunity for for people. So I want to shout out to the finalists publicly here because this is a very important moment for them. We have Crystal Hong from United States. We have um, Nali Dobrin from Romania. We have well, we have Wong Young Wong Young Lee from South Korea. A. Yung Park from South Korea, Joao dos Santos Silva Pedro, Pedir wow. from Brazil, Tashi, Taichi Toshida from Japan, Leo Weber, my relative from France, Deshan Zhang from China, Natalie Steele, United States, Jio Kim from South Korea, Ruby Day from Australia. Ari Kobayashi from Japan, Paloma Yevera, sorry, Yevera Vidart, Yevishara Dilart from Argentina, Yujiang Kang from South Korea, Giuseppe Silachi, Silachi, oh my God, Dios mio, I'm trying to pronounce so many different languages, Giuseppe Silachi, and uh, from mm-hmm. Italia, Carson Wheely from the United States, Jensen Blight from Australia, Martinho Nimo Santos from Portugal, and Julian Fidel Malar from France, and Takafumi Hori from Japan. These are all the finalists 
And actually, people who missed the pre, like if you're not able to be in Lausanne right now, you can also watch the pre-finals. They will be streaming. They'll be streamed and then recorded and saved on the pre-website. So people like to experience the pre de Lausanne, at least some of it. They can watch the coaching or they can watch the, the different competition stages online. So these dancers, I will imagine that some of them will go on to become the next the next really world-renowned dancers. And it's a very important phase of their, their career to do the pre and opens up so many doors for young artists. So that is what I would like to say about Prix de Lausanne. And uh, if you can go to support the free, please do. I will always say that because they always are giving away scholarships, doing great things for for the students. Uh, of course, there's lots of there's lots of galas and everything they do as well, and the whole thing. So if you like to network and party and whatever, you can enjoy good food and good people. So that's the story for Pridlison. So congratulations in advance to the winner who is not named yet and of the different categories as well, because there will be more than one winner. There will be the main winner and the runner-up, but then there's also audience choice and some other uh, things that they do. So congratulations to all the finalists. That's the story for wow. Pre. Wow. Yeah. So thank you for that summary. Yeah, it's a very cool competition. I I always attend it, whether in person or otherwise, because it's very important, I think, for the art form. Yeah. Oh, wow. I I wish them all the luck. I mean, uh, they all sound exciting. Just I bet that they each bring such a different flair. Oh, yeah. And the different styles of they dancing. get to pick their they get to pick their pieces out of a repertoire that they're allowed to pick from. And they have to do one contemporary and one classical piece. And they have to also interpret it. So it's like um, different interpretations of the same piece can get very yeah. old. But then you see some people that are really quite. Quite there, if you will. Yeah. Um, Innovative. Yeah, they're 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 not just innovative. They're they're really like in the in the music. They're they're like telling you a story in a special way. Is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So that's always really interesting to me because there's people that have a good technical art. Yeah, and they're great. They're very good technical artists. But you need a person that's going to blow the audience off their feet. You need yeah. a person that has the the confidence and the flair and the storytelling ability, not just a technical, advanced technical level, which is the foundation, right? You need someone yeah. who can who can really go into the story and feel it. Like for example, you take um Marianella Nunez. We always talk about her on here because she is a <laughs> great artist, and not only is she a really amazing technical dancer. She also is really good with storytelling side. And you can watch the same piece by another member of their company compared to her rendition of it, and it's a completely different feeling. So, yeah, that's how it goes, people. Yeah. I love 
how your face lights up when you talk about <laughs> I love talking about, about art. Was it, yeah <laughs> did we talk about it last last time or the time before we said that it was coming yeah yeah but like even then you were so excited and then now oh i'm always excited about it because it's uh it's such an important competition it's an important thing for young artists and any kind of competition that's really good for young artists i'm i'm behind it all the time especially because it's filmed everything is filmed everything is live um they have the parents right there like it's or whoever coaches our parents or whoever's bringing the kids there, guardians, they're right there all the time with the with the coaching. They can watch the coaching. They can watch the interactions. It's a beautiful thing. So sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and I will sell it to you people that you should watch it because it's so good. Anyway, <laughs> people who don't like oh. dance are like, are you out of your mind? No, I'm not out of my mind. I just like dance. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a niche interest. Yeah, but that's because a lot of people haven't seen it live. When you go, yeah. like I've I've introduced people to ballet and opera and stuff, and like we said before, but the the thing yeah. that really stands out is when you see something live for the first time. You and you have a really oh. good seat. You have a really good dancer. You have a really good staging everything is nice i'm not talking about like johnny and susie go to the bar and they're going to see a dance show we're not talking about oh this is some uh no no nobody of dance we're talking about artists who are incredibly skillful and they can make you feel like you're having a like an immersive experience even if you're not directly by the stage and that is the kind of yeah. artists that i'm talking about and people do this in theater People do this in film. People do this in different mediums. But when you're there with dance, there's something incredible that happens. Like you can transport to another place in a really special way. And they don't need words. Everyone can tell their own story with the story. Wow. Although some, some of course, some modern dance will have songs and this with lyrics and sometimes some of the ballets will have spoken part or whatever but most of the time it's just the body is telling the story wow yeah it sounds like magic honestly you should go to see live dance sometime when they're pay the money people put the money in if you have it to see it at (laughs) least once with a good dancer because then all the stereotypes will go away. They will go out the window. You'll see just how yeah. good it is. Oh. Or you could still have a bee in your bonnet and say that, oh, dance is so boring. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, I mean, I... also there's the ones where they're interacting with AI, for example. I remember in the early days of the AI before long really? ago there will be dancers that will interact with AI through the screen. Like they'll be interacting with within the screen itself. With this with That's with projections and stuff like that. Yeah, it's wild stuff that That's people can do. <laughs> uh, yes. I I mean I I 
am hyped. So I hope others check it out too. I'm going to send you the link so you can watch it when, when the native is not awake. Yes. <laughs> because the native will distract you and you won't be able to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh. <laughs> uh, that time is coming very when soon. When he's older, when he's older, you will appreciate the art forms. But until, until that time, you can refrain yeah. from... Uh, yeah. yeah. Who do you think is most likely to win today? I can't say that. That's impossible. The dancers are so talented. Like, there's there's so much talent. It really depends on how the judges feel that time. Because out of the finalists, I think some there's like the junior and senior categories. And mm -hmm. I think the senior dancers are extremely hard to judge because they're all technical. They're all like very um, charismatic dancers with how they present the stories. But yeah, there's, mm. there are a few people that I would say maybe sticking out to me, but I don't want to say it because yes. <laughs> you should say it. No, <laughs> I'll tell you off the air. I won't tell you okay. off the air. So my question for the day is through all the projects that you've produced and that you've worked on, um, could you tell me about a time that you worked on something that was unique and innovative and um, what went into making that project? Um. That has to depend on the scale, right? So I'll tell you about one project that, that we did that's that's ongoing, but um, we're not quite having shows with it yet right now this year. We have okay. to um, sort out a few things, but <clears throat> we probably have a few, a few of these bigger shows coming. For sure, we'll have the um, other part. So I'll tell you about the project Little Sounds. Little Sounds was started by my co-producer, and um, it's a really cool thing. It started out as house concerts with independent artists, kind of like salons. Mm -hmm. And then we we were like, hey, well, we can we can maybe make this bigger. So we did some bigger concerts last year where we had some great independent artists. We shot them while they were there, filmed them, people. No, not shot them. But uh, <laughs> yes, we. We shot them while they were there. We did uh, photo shoots as well with them. We styled them. We also um, provided the sound and everything, staging, blah, 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 blah. So um, the, the process was very interesting because it really took these really boring venues, like literally like black box, and we turned them into something really interesting. So, for example, there's one venue that is extremely boring, and in my opinion, by itself, but yeah. it but it allows itself to be um, how to say it allows itself to be flexible if you have a vision for it, and that's the venue called Hardcut yeah. Studio, and um, that venue is is good for for doing this kind of show because it's got a flexibility that you can put your own staging in or whatever. 
but anyway, the idea yeah. was that we wanted to create a kind of natural feeling. So we got our designer, came in, and actually just brought a whole lot of plants from a greenhouse and like put them all over the stage. And we also had little lights and lamps and things like this to make the stage really feel homey and really feel like an intimate personal experience for the audience. And the audience loved it. They just loved it. And it was like, um, you know, we kind of were just experimenting because we we said, like, we might uh, we want to make this worth something for the audience to feel different, to feel like a different kind of experience. Because a lot of concert experiences are very unpersonal. But these, yeah. this one has usually, like, two one to three artists and they get to share with the audience the audience size is not as like ginormous as like a mm -hmm. you know an opera house um but it just hits them where they want to be and it gives them opportunities for for them to receive the art in a special way so i think that mm -hmm. was a fun one because it took a lot of process and we weren't i wasn't even sure if, if it will be something that like to put it into a bigger venue if it would really translate really well to a bigger venue mm -hmm. but yeah. it did and that was worth it so i think that's something yeah something interesting that we did i think and i then, saw the staging for that project yeah it you probably did organic. yeah yeah and that's the whole the whole it's point beautiful. of it and so we're considering doing something a little bit later where we can De de blah, replicate that experience in different places and maybe do some filming where we film different ones and put stuff out different ways so anyway it can continue to evolve as a thing so that's what yeah. what's being is what's being done is a process of of evolution i think every every kind of project that you do can evolve especially if it's long term mm-hmm yeah. And so the other one, which is a funny one, is one time we made this, uh, there was a dance company that didn't have a lot of money, okay? And they asked me if I would um, be production manager for this show. And they actually had so little money that they had to put it inside of a school stage, okay? And I'm not talking about a school wow. that has, like, money, okay? It's like a person who has their stage in like their cafeteria or something. I think that was what it was, if I remember correctly. So oh, wow. the stage That's was very order. small. Yeah, the, the stage was incredibly small, mostly used for like lectures, if you can kind of picture that, or like mm -hmm. assemblies or whatever, you know. And so the lighting setup was really terribly, terribly, terribly minimal as well. <laughs> but I got my friend who's a lighting designer, and now she's a... Uh, 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 doing stuff with a community theater that's like new and um she's working in production side now um but wow. i have another um and another friend of mine is a pretty great actor and he agreed okay. to play the prince in this fairy story and learned ballet in a very short <laughs> from <Wow>. my roommate <laughs> who uh, <laughs> my roommate at the time who I actually had studied ballet formally and thank God she understands choreography. So basically <laughs> she uh, choreographed his part and did a lot of practice with him and he actually was able to manage it. And cause they didn't have any male dancers in this company. Cause it was like oh, really wow. low budget. 
And then we actually had a stager, stage designer who actually made the stage look like something. She even made trees, like using paper mache and, and like chicken wire and stuff like that. And like just did a whole lot of like things. And we managed to pull off something incredible just using this like dingy little hoop venue. And let me see if I have an image of it. I'll I'll share with you later if I have one. But basically, okay. the 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 producer was, and I mean the producer, like she only had a really limited budget. She really did what she could for her audience, mm -hmm. and I think that was really yeah. inspirational because they didn't have a budget really. Like I don't even know. Then the their dancers were part of their dance school. So they didn't even pay any professional dancers to come in besides wow. the the actor who was learning how to dance in like a few wow. months to do the main role. So um yeah, it ended up being pretty, pretty incredible. Thankfully they had a lead dancer who actually studied at um a a good dance academy. Um mm -hmm. she at least had studied at a good dance academy. Or else yeah. we would have had a disaster. But, <laughs> but oh my gosh. Wow. I'll, it sounds I'll like there was a lot of this. improvising. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Work. So, like, sometimes you will get, like, shows that really come together really nice. And sometimes yeah. you will have shows that that really take a lot of a lot of time and a lot of things out of you. So I'm going to yeah. search for this because if if I can show it to you after, I will I will mm. gladly show you this because it's funny. Well, we got some really good, really good images, really good lighting, really good things out of nothing, which is like incredible. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that. So that just that goes to prove like... one thing, people: if you have the right kind of crew, you can make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't pay the they didn't pay the talent. They had barely enough money to cover like things like crew expenses and things like that. And the talent wow. was kind of doing it for the fun of it, you know. Yeah, young students. Yeah, so it was quite a it was quite a zoo. I was like, "What in the whole world are you trying to do?" <laughs> Ay, but it was crazy. It was crazy. So I thought you might appreciate that kind of no, funny thing. I, I do I did appreciate that story. I think that really highlights some really important intersecting qualities that are needed to work in the industry. Yeah, it's quite uh it's quite wild actually how things work yeah. out. I'm I'm about to search for this once we get offline. But anyway, yeah, it's just like sometimes you will get a miracle and you don't even know it. You're just like, how did that even happen? And, you know, sometimes you can have a lot of budget and nothing happens that's good. Yeah. You you made it work. You know, there's no like, option. Like, like, who's that? What's his name? Tim. Is it Tim from Project Runway? Designers make it work. Oh, yeah. This has been a production of... 
Baker Street Media and Alma Pictures. Join us next week for more of our journey through the world of culture and art. Thanks for joining us.